Thank you for listening today on Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to check us out at podcastwithpastorlarry.com. In just a moment, Pastor Larry will be teaching us a constant truth from God's Word to help us in this always changing world. You can always find more teaching with Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number four, others. That would be Freedom Church for others. Now, let's get to learning the Bible to live the Bible with Pastor Larry. Hey, good afternoon, folks. This is Pastor Larry with Freedom Ministries. Hope that you're doing well today. It is October the 4th, Tuesday. October the 4th. Hope that you had a great weekend and uh, hope that you were able and attended church. Yes. Hope that you're a part of a church family somewhere, either on campus or online, if you couldn't be there physically. So hope that uh, you connected with your church family, that you felt encouraged, but you also were challenged by the Word of God so that you could grow more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. If you're on Facebook Live right now, it's noon um, or whatever time of the day that it might be for you that you catch this. This is part 35. If you're listening in on the podcast, whatever platform that may be that you get your podcast or, yeah, hopefully I want you to be on our specific podcast, and that is podcast with pastorlarry.com. If you're listening in on the podcast, this is episode 35. Hope that you're doing well. As I've said before, that you're healthy and that you're prayed up, that you're spiritually being fed daily um, through your time in God's word. But together, let's join and let's continue our study as we are learning about living the Christ life. What is this? And this has been a little bit of a journey together, after all, part 35, 35 of them so far. Um, But right now, we're talking about growing a deep and a great faith. Want to have a great faith. Sometimes they don't. And it's not that I lose my faith, because as believers, we know that we are eternally secure. That's what the Word of God teaches us, that we're eternally secure with Christ, We are in Christ, and Christ is in the Father. They are one, and so they aren't going to be separated, and so neither are we. But there is something that God expects from you and I. As a matter of fact, there's quite a few expectations and desires that he has for us, and one of those is for you and I to grow something, and that is our faith. So while you have been maybe giving attention to other things in your life spiritually, what about your faith, your trusting, and total dependence upon Christ? Yes, not just on the mountaintop, but even in the times where things are difficult. You know, Jesus gives us some great illustrations, and we're going to go back to that and pick back up in Matthew chapter 8. So if you have your Bible and you have the access to one because you're not on your device and you can look this up or maybe you have it in a bound form, why don't you grab your Bible and join me in the book of Matthew chapter 8. We're going to look at this together and we're going to go back to the story and review this so we can get the context again and draw out from this context in Matthew chapter 8 what it is that God wants us to learn. 
as a reminder and by a way of review, I want to remind you that as a Christian, it is vital for you and I to possess a strong and vibrant faith. I want to remind you again that the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It takes faith. Yes, it takes faith to be saved, and it takes faith to continue to live this Christian life. Through faith, we overcome the world. That's 1 John 4. And I know that I'm giving the these references, and we're not looking up each and every one of these because we did that at the beginning of this or the beginning of this particular study about growing a great faith. But I trust that you will look those verses up and not just take my word for it. My word doesn't give you great faith. My word doesn't really bring hope or encouragement to you, but God's word does. And so that is the same place that you and I go to to draw our strength and hope and power, divine power from. We also learn that through faith, we overcome, yes, even Satan, according to Ephesians 6, 16. But not just that. We also can overcome sins. That's right. While you may not be sinless, you can sin less. There can be less sinning in your life. That is true. And the only way to overcome that and to accomplish that is according to, again, God's Word and His Spirit, our faith, totally trusting in Him, according to Romans 14, verse 23. Jesus is speaking of great faith and contrasting it with little faith. And in Matthew chapter 8, he gives the story. He gives the story of one individual by, um, well, we don't really know his name. He's only referred to as a centurion. And we pick up in Matthew chapter 8 in verse, um, well, let's begin in verse 5. Jesus, or the Bible says, and when Jesus entered into this city, Capernaum, a centurion came to him, entreating him. Here's the story again. He said, Lord, my servant is lying at home, sick with paralysis and terribly tormented. This guy was in a lot of pain. This guy was probably also in a lot of mental pain, not just physical. So if there was physical paralysis, he probably wasn't feeling pain there, but emotionally and physically, um, mentally, sure, he was going through it. And this guy wanted help for him. And so he comes to Jesus, and in verse 7, he says this, or Jesus responds and says, I will come and heal him. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Do you still believe that Jesus can help and heal and provide miracles? I do, and I still believe, according to the Scriptures, that Jesus, His Word, is also just as powerful. This gentleman here, this guy, was exercising great faith, and it shows up, and Jesus takes note of it and mentions it. Jesus said, or the Bible continues to tell us about the centurion, I should say. Here's what he said. For I am a man under authority, and he begins to tell Jesus 
some of that authority, and people do as he says, come as he go, says, go as he says. And he says, if I say do, they do it. If I say don't do it, they don't do it. And verse 10, listen to this remark from Christ. When Jesus heard it, he was amazed and said to those that followed. So there was some listeners. There were people around. This was not an isolated incident that could not be reported without eyewitnesses. This wasn't just a private conversation that someone could subjectively say, well, this happened. Well, who saw it? Who heard it? Well, others did. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. Great faith? No, not in Israel. And then in the same chapter of Matthew chapter 8, we find the disciples. We find men with Jesus out at sea, on a ship, a boat, and there is a terrible storm that arises. And in verse 23, we pick up there, and we don't learn about a great faith. We learn about little faith. It says, then he entered the boat and his disciples. So Jesus and his disciples, they followed him. Suddenly a great storm arose. This is Matthew eight twenty four, So that the boat was covered with the waves. But where's Jesus? The Bible says he was asleep. Verse 25, his disciples went to him and awoke him and said, Lord, save us. We are perishing. Save us. We're dying. Jesus replies, why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was great calm. There again, Jesus is speaking. And what power he displays, right? Verse 27, the men were amazed, saying, what kind of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? There's a few things that we have covered and that we learn about when it comes to living the Christ life. How do you and I develop a great faith, even when we have little faith? And sometimes this is where we are, honestly. Well, we do it by first, if you remember, by focusing on Christ instead of just your circumstances. What do we find here in Matthew chapter 8? The centurion focused on Christ. Oh, he still had bad circumstances, just like the disciples and the storm at sea. But the centurion focused on Christ, and not just his circumstances. What did the disciples do? They were fully focused on the storm and became fearful. And so the contrast is very evident, isn't it? Our focus needs to be on Christ. So what about you? How's your focus been? You know, growing up, did your parents ever tell you or your teachers, hey, pay attention, give attention, may I have your attention, things like that. What are they saying? Something needs your alertness. Something needs your attention. Something needs your focus. What is that? It's Jesus. We need to focus on him and his word more than our circumstances. Everybody has circumstances, and they're not always pleasant. 
But haven't you found that when you're fully focused on your circumstances, well, then you are overwhelmed easily. And that goes for every person, regardless of their circumstances. But the second thing is not only making sure that we're focused on Christ and not our circumstances, but just making sure we truly believe God's promises. And we go back to Matthew chapter 8, and again, this centurion is going through a storm, if you will. But he's not just sitting around kind of wringing his hands, is he? No, he goes straight to Jesus. Well, the disciples did that too. But he received the word of Jesus, and he believed, the centurion, his words utterly. And the fact is, when this happened, this man was healed. We go back to Matthew chapter 18 or Matthew 8, excuse me, and look at verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. Do you believe? Not necessarily that you're going to be completely healed of some sickness or something like that, but that God is going to be at work in your life with his best interest for you? That whatever God is doing, it is for your and my best. I need to believe that. You need to believe that. Even if I want a different answer, of course, we always want our answer. We always want everything to be perfect, everything to be healed, no sickness, no problems, no contention, no our arguments, um, n- no problems or difficulties. Of course, we all want that. But that's just not life now, is it? And would you and I appreciate being totally reliant and sufficient on Christ and his power and his ability if I never or you never encountered problems? No. I would have a tendency, I believe, and probably you too, forget the goodness and the greatness of our God. We would often still lean on our own understanding. But the Bible says in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So, And many times, though, instead of believing God's promises, we reason. And this is what happened even in Jesus' day. And we read about that account in Matthew 16, verses 6 through 8. But when we begin to reason or doubt, when we believe, when we start to not believe God fully, trusting Him, and start relying on ourselves or others around us completely. You know what we're doing? It, it, it's a warning signal. Faith doesn't reason with God's promises. Faith just trusts and obeys. Let me give you a third thought for today. Here it is. First, remember, focus on Christ and not just your circumstances. Secondly, truly believe God's promises for you. But then third, I want you to get this now. Lean in here now. Understand that God is totally committed to you. 
maybe you don't fully understand the depths of God's commitment to you. Many Christians, I have found, and me at times, have struggled with their faith because they fail to understand just how much God is committed to us. He is so, he's all in. He is all in. God's not withholding any good thing from us. As a matter of fact, of course, we can't unveil it all and see it as God sees it. But I wonder how many times God has truly protected you and I, and we were never aware of it. See, here in the text of Matthew chapter 8, the disciples kind of failed to see how much Christ was committed to them. I mean, they woke Christ up, right? They woke him up from sleep and said, hey, man, we're about to die. We're we're about to perish, they said. And I want to remind you, Christian, if you know the Lord, something took place. A great change took place at your salvation. You were placed, now listen to this, you and I at salvation, every believer were placed in Christ. Now think about this. We were placed in the best, safest, most secure place and position that we could ever be. And I think these are the most precious words in Scripture, in Christ. And every time you see the words in Christ, through Christ, by Christ, right? And and you find most of these, of course, um, all in Paul's epistles, Paul's letters, the Apostle Paul. He wrote 13 books. It's explaining something, and here it is, something that God has already done, something he's already done for you, and something that he has promised to do for you. So not only is it saying and explaining something he's already done, but something that he is going to do. I want to give you some examples, and this is quite a few examples. And I'd like for you to look along with me if you can. They come from Ephesians. So if you can find the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, as well as chapter 2. But let's go to chapter 1 first. So Ephesians chapter 1, how about verse 3? We're going to look up several verses. Paul said in Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here you go who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Let that sink in and encourage you today. My friend, no matter what the world throws at you, no matter what your job does, no matter what your family does, no matter how much disappointment you have faced or you will face, you, my friend, 
are blessed by God if you're a child of God. You and I have gotten more than we deserve, right? We sure have. And these are some of his promises. What about Ephesians 1, 5? Let's continue to read. He predestined us to adoptions as sons and daughters to himself through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. That word predestined doesn't mean that God's just picking and choosing the special elite and leaving the rest to kind of just flounder and drown on their own, like pulling fish out of water and throwing them on dry land, but leaving the rest of us to be able to live flourishly in the water and the rest to just perish. That's not what that means. What this means is is that God predetermined in his own heart, in his own self, before time began, that he was going to give an opportunity and provide a way for you and I to escape eternal damnation and receive eternal life. That's how precious you and I are. That's how precious and committed God is to you and I. That before we were even created, before mankind was created, Jesus, right? God through Jesus Christ had already put in place a plan. And that was to provide a way of rescue and deliverance. What about Ephesians 1, 7? Here it is. In him, Christ, we have redemption, right? We have redemption to be rescued, saved through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. What about verse 11? In him also we have received an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, yes, all things, good, yes, bad, Yes, indifferent, yes, all things, according to the counsel of his own will. Wow, fill yourself up with some scripture today. Ephesians here, Ephesians chapter 1. How about verse 12? So that we who were the first to hope in Christ should live for the praise of his glory. I know that sometimes things are tough. I get it. No one's immune from that. But I still need to be reminded, and I am through the scriptures, and so can you be, that God is fully committed to you and I. Verse 13 of Ephesians 1, in him you also, after hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and after believing him, were sealed by and with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Folks, it just doesn't get any better than that. I am completely saved and secure by Christ. This is God's promise to you and I, that when he saves you, he keeps you, my friend. How about Ephesians chapter 2? Let's go to that chapter, and let's look at some more great promises and see. How committed God is fully to you and I. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, Christ made us alive together. We were made alive together 
by and with Christ. There's the word quickened. That means to be made alive. We were quickened with and by Jesus Christ. For by grace have you been saved. I was dead. Christ made me alive. Ephesians 2, 6. And he raised us up from the dead, right? And seated us together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Folks, is it is as if we are already in heaven. That means we have a reservation, we have a place, and our name in Christ is written in the Lamb's book of life, and nothing's going to take that away. So folks, remind yourself of how committed Christ is to you. Yes, you are sealed, you are loved, and you are protected. What about verse 7, Ephesians 2? So that in the coming ages, yes, that means it's just going to get better for us. That in the coming ages, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Yes, Christ is we are going to be a masterpiece. I know you may not feel that way now. You may not look that way now. But you are. And according to Jesus, this is how he sees you right now. You may look in the mirror and not feel that way, and others may not value you that way. But God, through his son Jesus Christ, does. This is how committed he is to you and I. Remember, these are things that are already done and things he is going to do for you and I. What about Ephesians 2.10? For we are his Christ workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. We weren't created in Christ Jesus by good works, but good works should show up. We were created in him, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in him and walk in these good works. Yes, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And these are showing up in the scriptures. This is how committed God is to you and I. God's not up in heaven being caught off guard by the problems or the issues that you face today or will face tomorrow. It will not be as if God will say, I didn't see that coming. Boy, I was totally caught off guard. I was unprepared. No, that's what we do, and that's what we feel, and that's what we say, not God. God has always and will continue to be fully committed to you and I. Ephesians 2.13. I know this is a lot of verses, but it sure is good, isn't it? We need this. But now, this is verse 13, Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. I was on the outside looking in. Now I'm on the inside looking out. And so are you as a believer. God has brought us into his family. Ephesians 2, 18 For through him, through Christ, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Jew, Gentile, doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter your background, your ethnicity. 
If you are in Christ, my friend, you have access to him. You have access to the Father. You know, sometimes people will pray and will ask, um, hey, pastor, I, I know you you know, can get in touch with the Lord and, you know, would you mind, you know, saying this prayer or doing this? And I just quickly remind them, you know, I don't have any special hotline more than you. I have access to the same God that you have through the same way. And it's through Jesus Christ. This is the blessing for every believer, right? And that there's not one special child of God that has more privileges over the other one. No, we are all sinners saved by grace. And now, according to that, by Jesus Christ, we're no longer looked at as that, but we're looked at as children, saints of God. Amazing. Again, this is God's commitment to you and how he sees you and I. What about Ephesians 2, 22? In whom, talking about Christ, you also being built together in and to a dwelling place of God through the Spirit. And this is only two chapters that I've shared with you from Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2. I hope that you could catch and see or at least hear how deep God is really committed to you and I. If you are saved, you're a child of God. God has invested all that his son is. Guess where he's invested it? In you. Sometimes people invest their money in stocks, in real estate, in different coins, bitcoins, gold, silver, those kind of things. God's not spreading his wealth out and his investments that way. He poured it all into one area, one group, and that is his creation, you. You, my friend, of all the magnificent and incredible things that God has created, his greatest masterpiece is you. And once this sinks in, it will take the fear and anxiety away. It will greatly diminish this for you. Why? Because you suddenly realize, you know, I really, truly can trust Christ in every situation. Why? Because he's totally committed to me. And once you become secure in your relationship with someone, you know what you do? You start to realize you have faith in that person. You start to trust them more. And as you grow more secure in your relationship with Christ, the result is the same. What is that? Your faith will grow greatly. That's why you can grow a great faith, but it comes from living the Christ life, right? Focusing on him and not your circumstances. Realizing how committed God is to you and believing what he says to you and I. But the only way to grow in that security is to stay in God's word. I want to challenge you with something before I leave you today, and that is this. I'd like to challenge you to keep reading Romans through Philemon. Yes, reading all of the scriptures is important, all the Bible. 
But put a little bit more emphasis in these 13 books. And if you read three chapters a day, which is not that hard, you have read all of them in a month. And I want to challenge you this because that's not the big challenge. The big challenge is this. Read those 13 letters. And if you do that, read three chapters a day. I want you to, every time you read, and find the phrases in Christ, by Christ, through Christ. In Christ, by Christ, through Christ. Underline them. And look at how many times you can find God's commitment to you and what he's done for you and what he is continuing to do for you and I. There's not a believer, not you, not me, not any believer, that is incapable of growing a great faith. But you have to choose to implement these principles to begin to build a strong faith. But it is your choice, isn't it? It's your choice. It's my choice, whether I grow or not. But I need you to understand, your faith will not grow magically. It only grows as you look to Christ and take in his word and you grow in that relationship with him. It's the only option. It's the only key. There is no plan B. My prayer for you is that you'll be able to look back three days from now, three weeks from now, three months from now, or a year from now, and you will be able to say, wow, my faith really has grown. And you can, as you focus on Christ and not your circumstances, as you fully believe and trust in God's promises to you, and as you realize and understand how fully and completely God is committed to you and I. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to begin our next portion of our study on Thursday. I hope that you'll join me. Bring someone with you. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to set your notifications on. Until then, God bless you. Take care. You are loved and you are prayed for. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today for Podcast with Pastor Larry. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Connect with Pastor Larry at podcastwithpastorlarry.com to hear weekly biblical teaching. You can always find more teaching of Pastor Larry at Freedom Ministries through our Facebook page at Freedom in Virginia or on our YouTube channel at Freedom Church for, that's the number for others. That would be Freedom Church for others. This is a listener-supported podcast. Feel free to partner with us to further our reach of the gospel to the world. If you feel led to give, please log on to PastorLarry.org. Again, thanks for connecting to Podcast with Pastor Larry.